hey, I'm making another one-off episode without the intro because I just do not care about the intro. I don't care about the niceties of it. I know I need to go back and re-record it. I just haven't done it. And I don't think it matters, to be honest with you. I, I don't really think it matters, especially in the podcast, ADHD podcast landscape. I don't really think it matters anymore. There's so many people making podcasts. So um, I want to make this episode and I'm calling it Yes and No because, well, I wrote a piece for an article for the Enclave this week. And when I wrote it, I didn't realize how long it was going to be. But when I wrote it, I also didn't understand, you know, how much we needed to have this discussion about saying yes and maybe slowing down the process of saying yes and how to say no a little more gracefully. You know, a lot of women with ADHD can be very uh, people-pleasing. We've talked a lot about perfectionism in the Enclave. And so when I posted this article, I just, I didn't, I don't know why I did not understand that this conversation about learning to say no was going to be such a big deal. And then it got me thinking, you know, there are things in my life that I need to say no to much more often. And then there are things that I need to just be open to saying yes to. (laughs) So I'm going to start off talking a little bit about saying no. Um, And I'm not going to share the contents of the article because the articles I write in the Enclave are exclusive to the Enclave. But I just want to say the thing about saying no, I think that's really difficult is that usually when you're saying no, you're saying no to a person who has made a request of you of some kind. And I read somewhere once that, you know, people have the right to ask you for things and you have the right to say no. It's just at some point we learn or maybe we just absorb the message that saying no is bad and that people will get angry with us. And my argument in this article I wrote is that maybe maybe we don't have to necessarily say no right away, but maybe we should slow down on the yes. Um, instead of just jumping in and saying yes and then feeling resentful later um, or just not showing up or ghosting the person or whatever, um, maybe we should just slow down the yes. Um, and so I wrote a couple questions in here like that people could consider when someone request something of you. Um, Things like, well, why are you asking me? You know, is there urgency or a timeline here? Um, What is your end goal? And will I be, you know, judged or criticized based on my performance? Um, And then the big question, and this is not coming from me, I've read this in many places. The biggest question you have to ask yourself is, what am I saying no to so that I can say yes to this? And, um, I did not come up with that. I forget where I first read it, but that's true. Anytime you're saying yes to one thing, you're probably saying no to a couple other things. So that's the basis of the article I wrote and the conversation we had in the Enclave. But I then sat down and I wrote a whole list of things that I want to say yes to more often in my life. Um, I'm not going to share the whole list because it's just too long. But I also wrote a few things I'm now going to say no to in my life. And I'm going to share that on here. I'm kind of hoping that that helps more people to think about their yeses and their nos. Okay. <clears throat> By the way, I have horrendous allergies. <clears throat> so if I'm coughing, I could go back and edit it out, but you know, you know how I feel about editing. So, um, I wrote this article and I'm really glad that we had the conversation, even if I didn't understand it was going to be a big deal at the time. Okay. 
So this is a couple of the things that I'm going to be saying yes to more often in my life. The first is slowing down. I heard there's a podcast about slowing down. And I got to I gotta find it. I'm going to do a search to find it. Um, I have this tendency, and I don't think it's just me, but I have a thing where I get up in the morning and I start checking my email and I start responding to it. And then sometimes I'll go into the Enclave and look at all the stuff that people post overnight because apparently I'm the only one that sleeps there. So I'll go in and I'll start, you know, responding to posts and different things. And maybe I'll set something up to, to go live later in the day. And I immediately jump into work. My brain is very slow in the morning. So I'm thinking, and my therapist and I discuss this, I am going to wake up slower in the morning. I'm going to, you know, get out of bed and maybe brush my teeth and go out into the kitchen and get my coffee. And I'm going to let my brain just be slow the way it is. Um, I might avoid the news. Sometimes that helps. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is I'm going to slow my roll in the morning and I'm not going to grab that laptop immediately and start checking email. The other thing I want to slow myself down on is this, I have, again, I have this, this tendency that developed over the last five years, especially in my business and in my creative work and writing to impose these tight deadlines on myself. Like I must have a fresh piece of content on the website every week, um, or I must post a podcast episode every week. And in the past, these deadlines I imposed on myself, they worked really well because it created a, a sense of motivation. But now, you know, five years into this creative process, it's become a really unrealistic and unreasonable standard that I set for myself. And I'm just now catching on to it. And I'm just now seeing how this pressure, it, it's for nothing. Like I don't, I don't actually need, my, my footprint on the internet is big enough. I don't need to put this on myself anymore. So I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to force myself on a Sunday afternoon to spend four hours because I think I need a fresh piece of content. I'm not going to do it anymore. So that's number one. I'm slowing down. Number two, and this will crack some people up here. I am going to say yes more often to doing sort of domestic things. It's been a long time since I, on the website, really started to explore you know, homemaking things because cooking, cleaning, organizing. I, I just redid my office a little bit, cleaning out my son's room. These are things I normally avoid. I don't even like doing it. I don't find it satisfying. <laughs> it's not like I look around my house and I'm like, hmm, I'm so pleased with my organizing and decorating and dusting I did today. No, that is not me. But this over this past one, two, I'm going to say two weekends, since I've been slowing down on the work stuff, I've also been trying to be very um, present. Like I found myself the other day folding some laundry and I was listening to, I think it was one of these focus tracks on um, Spotify and I was listening to it and I was trying to just like feel the clothes in my hands and listen to the music. And I found that I was feeling less resentful by the end of my giant clothes folding, you know, project probably took 20 minutes. I don't know, but Instead of avoiding this kind of household stuff, I'm going to try to make it almost meditative. Like I'm going to try to be really present with it, whether I'm listening to a book or I'm listening to music, and I'm going to just try to make this domestic stuff like less um, 
yucky for me. So I'm saying yes to that. I'm committing. I'm saying yes. Um, how about this? Oh, this is a good one. <clears throat> I am saying yes to changing my reading habits. I'm an, I've always been a reader. Most people that know me know that. Um, for nearly five years, I have been reading <laughs> books about ADHD. Sometimes I reread books about ADHD. I read about neuroscience and autism and parenting and personal improvement and self-help and all kinds of things. And I've been reading nonfiction for five years, which is odd because I was a person who got an English degree and has always been a writer and I've always enjoyed creative writing. And so I've decided that I'm saying yes to taking a deep dive back into fiction. Um, I hope it sparks some of my old creative writing habits. Um, and you know, fiction often, there's something interesting in fiction. It sometimes mirrors life in ways that we, we don't, we can't predict. Um, and I just, I left some of that behind when I started a website about being a mom with ADHD. I don't know why I just, it's like I had to justify my existence on the internet by only reading nonfiction for a while. And I'm going back into that. So I'm saying yes to fiction. Oh, and by the way, here, I'll make a confession. Back in the day, what year was it? Like 2007 or whatever, or eight, I don't know when it was, when Twilight, remember the Twilight vampire thing was big? Well, Stephanie Meyer, who wrote Twilight, just released recently the um, like the flip side version of it through the vampire's eyes. I'm totally listening to that on Audible and I love it. It's like young adult fiction and it's, I don't know, it's just like I'm going to say playful and imaginative. And he talks about his sparkly skin and I'm like, yes. So anyway, <laughs> I'm saying yes to more fiction in my life. Okay. What other one do I want to share here? Oh, even this podcast. Um, and in my writing, I'm going to be much less pressurized. Um, I want to have great conversations and I want to create great content and I want to write good things. I don't want to just add to the noise. There's so much noise around ADHD. Seriously, like even five years ago, there wasn't as much noise around ADHD. There weren't all these hashtags. There weren't, you know, people talking about ADHD on TikTok all the time. Like it was not even happening. I was the first person to start writing about being a mom with ADHD. Me and Jacqueline from the ADHD homestead, we both were like the only ones in existence five years ago. And I feel like ADHD people have a hard time filtering information, deciding what is relevant to them. We have trouble making decisions. Um, and I don't want anything I make, podcast, writing, I don't want anything I make to make someone's life harder. I want to add to someone's life in a meaningful way and not cause further confusion. So with that said, there's going to be, oh, this is another big yes. How many yeses have I given you? Like five? I don't know. My last big yes is I'm making some major but really cool changes in the enclave. I'm bringing on a partner. There's going to be new people in there. There's going to be new meeting times and new service offerings. As it is, the Enclave is, has grown to the point where I need a little help. So there's going to be some exciting stuff coming up. Oh, I'm saying yes to it, even though I'm one of those people that has a really hard time with change and you know releasing some control. I need I need the help of this person, and she and I are I have this feeling are going to be very strong together as a team. All right, I'm going to give you a couple things I'm saying no to since we're talking about yes and no here. These are the kind of no's that are a little harder, sort of like what I wrote about in my article this week. <coughs> this is the first thing. Um, 
I don't talk about this a lot and maybe someday I'll do a podcast or an Instagram live or something. I don't know. But I have in my personal history and even presently a lot of family drama. Um, my grandmother died this summer. So that was just one thing. Um, but for much of my life, I've had to deal with some, I'm going to, I'm just going to say mental health struggles. And it wasn't just one parent. It was really both parents. Both parents had their own issues. They both had relationships that were a little unstable and they were not together from the time I was pretty young. Uh, my parents are actually great people. Uh, both of them are, are great people and have talents and skills and wonderful aspects of their personalities. But I was the only child from these two people. They both, you know, remarried and there are other kids involved now. But because of the way things were, I just never, I never had like a really um, safe, secure home environment. I never had, I just wasn't noticed. I, I always kind of felt like everybody was like trying to push me off on the other one. And I never really got a lot of real attention. It was more like, let's fight about Elizabeth, but let's not really, as long as she keeps her mouth shut and she doesn't get in trouble, like we'll just leave her alone. So now that I'm an adult, I often feel this pressure to give those things back to them. Like I should be taking care of them as they age. I should be supporting them emotionally. I should be making them, you know, happy grandparents that see their grandson. All, you know, I should be doing all these things. And I, I sometimes feel really resentful, like you know, you guys wanted, like, you just wanted to fight about me when I was young, and now I'm supposed to take care of you? Really? Give me a break. And I recently had a conversation, um, you know, with one of my parents, and I said, listen, my son has, like me, has ADHD, he has, he has Asperger's, and um, I have to manage him and his care and his therapies and all these things, and I cannot manage your emotional life for you. That's what I said. I can't manage your drama, your emotional life. I can't make you feel the way you want to feel when you get out of bed in the morning. I can't call you every day. I can't do it. So I'm saying no, effectively, <laughs> to family drama. Not in a mean or, um, I don't know, uncaring way. I just, it's not healthy for me to engage with either of them when they're like this. Okay, the second thing I'm saying no to, and I'm not saying no in like a black and white, never again, delete the apps kind of way, but I, I watched that social media dilemma, which I've been talking about social media for years. <laughs> it's in particular, Facebook, I've thought for a long time watching the behavior of women with ADHD on Facebook, I've thought for a long time that it, there's something, it's not good for us. It does something to our brains. It's just not good. Now, I don't think Instagram's much better these days and Twitter, eh, I, I come and go on Twitter. Sometimes I forget it's there for a couple months. All of these things, though, all of these apps, and TikTok I don't even care about. I go watch videos on TikTok maybe once a month. I really couldn't care if it disappears. Um, all of these things, though, keep me from living my life. And so I'm not part of that generation of young people. I know the people in their 20s now, they kind of grew up with it. And so to them, it's just so natural. And and But for me, it, it still feels almost invasive, like I have to share these things or it didn't really happen. If you, you don't share it on Instagram, did it really happen? Um, and we're an obligation. When you own a business, you know, there's this pressure like you have to be on social. If you're not on social, how can you run a business? Like this is the thing. The best ADHD helping professionals that I know tend to have a limited relationship with social. Maybe it's because they have backgrounds in psych, a lot of them. But um, the best coaches in the, in the industry, the best coaches for ADHD 
barely use social and I've met these people and they don't need to. They get their referrals from each other. So it occurs to me that these are people that I want to know in my life and half of the people messing around on social, I don't really need in my life. I'm not saying that again to be mean. I've met two or three really great people on social. No, five. I've probably met like five really great people. But I just think that, and I said this in an email a couple of weeks ago, I'm not quitting social. I'm not deleting apps, but I think my social is not going to be about business. It, I think it's just going to be fun stories and funny pictures and just stuff like observations about life. Cause I actually think that's more beneficial to my audience than me trying to sell the enclave or trying to sell a widget all the time. Okay. The last thing that I'm saying no to is, um, this sense of, I'm going to say despair. <laughs> I'm just, I refuse. Uh, the early part of this whole coronavirus pandemic, I actually did pretty well. I'm an introvert. So seeing my girls on Zoom, the Enclave girls a couple times a week, I mean, that was enough for me. I really didn't mind not seeing other people. That's, I don't know if that sounds bad or not, but that's the truth. <coughs> Here we go with the allergies. Um, I really did assume that Americans would rally together, that we would take care of each other. I did, like in March and even April. And then I started to get really upset and sad and disappointed when Americans started to sort of conflate their their personal rights, this whole mask issue, with the rights of all of us as a whole. And I don't understand, like, I feel like as a nation, we are a we, we, us. Um, we are not me, me. Like, and I think that, that that's the biggest divide in this country right now. You know, this um, this disagreement between do we do we worry about the collective or do we worry about number one? And that's been hard for me because I always thought we were a country that cared about the collective. Although I shouldn't have been so surprised because we don't even want health care for everyone. Okay, I'm not even going to go there. And then, so that had been weighing on me all summer. And then RGB... RBG, oh my God, I can't even talk. RBG died on Friday. And when it popped up on my phone, I was like, no, no, this woman, like she's, I know she's going to stay alive. Like I just couldn't even, I know she fought really hard. And I've been telling my husband for years now that for the longest time, like at least three or four years, I've been like that teeny tiny woman is all that stands in the way of, you know, like all of my fellow women you know, like us having our rights or us becoming Gilead from Handmaid's Tale. If you haven't watched Handmaid's Tale or read the book, you totally should because that's what, that's where my head went on Friday evening. I was like, oh, Gilead, I'm going to be living in Gilead and I'm, I'm over 40 and I'm going to be a Martha or they're going to send me to the colonies because I went to college. Like, I don't know, whatever. I know I sound like a crazy, but for 24 hours, I let myself sit in that. And I had this, like this just like despair and disgust and then like oh my god how can people not see the hypocrisy of this in 2016 we didn't even we didn't even have hearings for <coughs> Merrick Garland and um I don't know I just started I really sat in that for like 24 hours but I am saying no to any more despair because this is the deal I believe in people like humans I don't always like every person I come in contact with, but I believe in them. And uh, with that said, I'm working on a couple guests 
for this podcast, but if I'm not on here next week, it's because I want the podcast and the writing I do, I want it to be better. I, I care so much more about quality than quantity. And so I'm not just going to do it to do it. I am working on a couple people right now that I really, I want to talk to someone about hormones, women's hormones. I want to talk to someone about um, eating, body image, disordered eating, because it's such a big deal in the ADHD community. So I am working on things, but these are the things I'm currently, this week, this is what I'm committing to saying yes to, and this is what I'm committing to saying no to. Take care of each other, wear a mask, stay sane, and I will talk to you soon.